ladies and gentlemen. It's Wednesday Night Wallop, and I'm Ryland Turner. It's season four, episode 25. Episode 25! Kyle Joseph, how are you? I'm doing good. We got to have another night of interesting wrestling, and it's exciting to talk about now. Yes, absolutely. It was Dynamite's Canadian debut live in Toronto, Ontario at the Coca-Cola Coliseum. Kyle, this was a this was a banger, I think. It was. I we're going to get to it later, but man, this crowd was was great. But without further ado, uh, we always start this show the same way. It's time for Kyle. Tell him what it's time for. It is time for the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. Let's find out what we got in store for news for you. First of all, uh, big news. It's re-signing. John Moxley has put pen to paper on another five years with AEW. Ryland, what are your thoughts on this? Well, what I really like about it is it's not just wrestling. He's also going to be integrated with mentoring and coaching as well, which I think is a totally a good fit for this guy. Um, I, I love it. Like He's obviously very happy with AEW, and it's good to see... It's good to see people happy with this company because it seems to be that in the news lately that a lot of people aren't. So it's nice to see some positivity, right? And Moxley's one of those guys who they've protected like a ton. Three-time champion in AEW now. Um, this guy is is one of, if not the uh, the franchise, I'd say. Uh, certainly you've got guys like Jericho and you've got guys like the Bucks and Omega and whatnot. But I mean, as Hangman said, they disappeared. So... Uh, so, which we'll get into later as well. But no, um, I don't know. I, I really like this. I, I like this for Moxley, uh, and obviously, it looks like it's a family affair. Uh, if we, if the tonight proved anything, so I mean, I, I'm happy for him and his family. I feel like John Moxley is a guy who I wouldn't have minded seeing go back to WWE and get one more run with the Shield. I think there there could have been something uh, something to that. But he has been everything that AEW could possibly have asked of him and more. Every time they need a big match, every time they need somebody to hold that title to make it feel important, every time they need, you know, somebody to go out and, and steal a show, they've had John Moxley do it, and he has time and time again showed up for them. And so it's good to see them return the favor and show up for him. Uh, we'll see what happens, what comes of this. I do hope eventually that they get their vacation. <laughs> um, but as of right now, given how things are going right now, I think this is a really cool, they're in a really cool spot right now. Certainly, certainly. Um, next piece of news, news I'm actually excited for, uh, is the WWE return of Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. The good Brothers are back. Uh, in WWE. Yeah, they showed up on Raw to, to back up AJ Styles in what looks to be a feud with Judgment Day. Um, man, uh, th- never say never, but man, Carl Anderson said never. <laughs> he said never. <laughs> yeah, but Carl Anderson wasn't brought to the company by Vince McMahon. True, true. And and certainly, like, um, obviously, like, good being good friends with AJ Styles is going to have their benefits. And certainly, these guys are going to get paid. Um, Carl Anderson currently is the, uh, I believe, the, uh, what is it, the never open weight champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. Oh. 
Jin- yes, and they that. they still have dates booked for New Japan. So, and apparently they will be honoring them. So, it's going to be interesting to see them uh, do both. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to be doing a lot of WWE in the interim. I think this is just a little bit of a tease, and then we can build this to the next pay per view. I don't know if they're going to be going to Saudi Arabia. I I feel like they probably won't. Uh, that seemed to be a soft a sore spot for those guys. I seem to be a sore spot for AJ Styles in particular. Um, that that place has never been a friend to him. So yeah, hopefully hopefully they don't have to do all of that. They can go off, finish what they're do, working on, and then come Survivor Series. Maybe we can get to see. Um, you know, I feel like there's there's a feud for you the um, the club versus. Uh, versus Finn Balor and his his group, like I, they'll come up with something, I'm sure. The executioners, as I've heard them called before. Yes. Um, we should move on. Uh, next piece of news: a bunch of Canadian wrestlers, unsurprisingly, made their way onto Dark uh, to work in the yeah to work against the established AEW talent. Among them, the Bollywood Boys are back. Yeah, it was good to see. Uh, I, I, I literally, before we started to record, I had read that they showed up on Dark and had a tag match. So let's, let, I mean, let's hope that these guys can get signed. It would ni- be nice to see these guys, uh, you know, g- get some time uh, with a, another big company and and hopefully uh, show out because, I mean, they're great Canadian talent. And uh, while I feel like the angle that they were a part of in WWE uh, did the guy who it was supposed to do service, no service. Those guys I always thought were great. So um, They're always entertaining, and I feel like they were there basically for Randy Orton to beat with a comical amount of violence. And they achieved that goal. But, yes. And I, I don't know what else they were sort of there for in terms of that. But um, suffice to say, I think those guys are really talented. We saw them... Um, in the Cruiserweight Classic a bit as well. Uh, I think if the Cruiserweight division had gone off more in WWE, then they'd still be there. But I feel like they'll be, you know, they're a solid pair of hands. If you want a tag team to make another tag team look good, that the Bollywood boys are more than capable of doing that. I agreed. Rylan, Bray Wyatt is the White Rabbit. He has returned to WWE. Uh, why don't you talk about this? Well, uh, me and uh, Mick Hawley sat down uh, Sunday afternoon to discuss this show from Saturday night. Um, overall, good show. Uh, I've never, I never expected to see Finn Balor and Edge go almost thirty minutes, but we got it. Um, it happened. Um, you mean Edge had a match ten minutes longer than it should have been? It was a good match, Kyle. It was a very good match. It was one of the better matches on the I, card. I can't, I can't trust you anymore. Listen, it was with Finn Balor. <laughs> God damn it. Um, with all that being said, though, uh, yes, after the uh, fight pit match ended, uh, the lights went dark. Uh, we had each member of the Firefly Funhouse uh, stuffed animals uh, appear as a human in their human form in different parts of the arena, including the Fiend. Uh, I should say someone someone dressed as the fiend was also there. Um, and then Bray Wyatt uh, made his glorious return with odes to Bro- Brody Lee with uh, his entrance uh, with the shining light that came uh, that was shining out the door. Um, 
and and just uh, the the crowd in Philly just gave him the holy shit chance. It was great. He obviously is donning a new mask, but he's also donning the uh, the lantern again. So we don't know which version of Bray Wyatt this is. It will be revealed, it looks like, on uh, Friday Night SmackDown this week. Um, but, I mean, like, it was a good reaction. I thought that the the QR code stuff was great. It's continued, it, sorry, it continued on to Raw, where they had a couple of moments where the screen went, uh, went all fucked up and uh, there was some sort of dark demonic message uh, uttered to the crowd and, and the, the folks at home. I, I, again, like, I like Bray Wyatt. I like all this stuff. And this guy, this guy who we talked about last week, this this Marvel Disney guy, uh, got a lot of uh, got a lot of praise this week for <laughs> some of this stuff. Somebody tweeted out too uh, for him to name his favorite non WWE wrestlers, and the list that this guy came up with. I think the storyline's in good hands. I, I think it's uh, apparently the storyline itself is, is being very closely uh, or be, being kept very close to a, a very small group of people who are handling it. Not necessarily the uh, full on creative team. But Kyle, I mean, your reaction. That's what I that's what I want. I thought it was good. I thought it was, you know, it was a good way to bring back Bray. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to get out of him, and that's kind of for the best. I feel like the, the mystery is always more entertaining when it comes to Bray Wyatt. We'll see what kind of character we get out of him. We'll see what his pursuits are. I uh, feel like that's sort of the most important thing is the motivation over anything else. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, because, I do have to ask. I do have to ask, though, Kyle. Uh, the Wyatt Six... I feel like it's almost all but, you know, decided that this guy's coming in with a faction here. Um, thoughts on that? Is it? Yeah, it pretty much is. Like, I mean, I feel like you wouldn't have had these people show up in the audience dressed in these costumes if you weren't leading towards that. Especially He's with... He's been going as Wyatt Six on Twitter. Like, that's sort of been his thing for a while on Twitter. Like... Right, his, right. The Wyndham thing. I... And with Bo Dallas apparently coming back, like, I've... There and there's the thing about this is that there's way too much speculation, right? When we know absolutely nothing. If you're going to put together a Wyatt Six, though, who would you? Who would be? Would, would Liv Morgan? Would Liv Morgan too be in that people. group? If I'm putting together a Wyatt faction, the fan see what made the Wyatt family so good was it was a tight unit that made a lot of sense. Um, you had, and it had all the potential for everything you'd want out of a WWE faction. You had, uh, good integration between, um, now I'm trying to remember their, I'm trying to remember their, Luke uh, Harper and Eric Rowan. Yeah, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan. Yes. I could not remember their, I could remember Brody Lee, obviously, but I could not remember his, um, WWE name for the life of me. Also, they changed it because they were Harper and Rowan when they were the Budgeon Brothers. Anyway. Actually, there was, was the Luke other, the, uh, the, 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 the person dressed as Abby the Witch was wearing, uh, Harper's mask, um, from the Bludgeon Brothers era. So there was another ode to him on that. There's, I mean, that's the thing with this stuff is there's so many homages and a bunch of different things, different things. This is obviously a guy who, I mean, it's a guy who cared deeply about Brody Lee, clearly. Like, and, and that we knew that from the beginning, um, that those guys were very close friends. The, the tragedy that we never got the triple threat 
for at WrestleMania. But that aside, I feel like Rowan and Harper were a perfect tag team. They went along with it. If there was anybody who was going to break away from it, it could have been Luke Harper. They obviously rushed that breakup and didn't get nearly as much juice out of it as they could have with uh, with Daniel Bryan there, too. It's a, There's a whole... The list of mistakes they made with the Wyatt family on the main roster uh, could fill a book. But I feel like it was a great character. He worked well with a lot of other different people. Like, um, the Braun Strowman thing didn't really work out in that group at all. But Daniel Bryan worked in that group while he was there. Um... Who else was a part of... Uh, Matt Hardy was a part of that little... Uh, that outfit for a bit when Bray, Bray Wyatt was in the sort of in-between period. And then obviously he worked well with Alexa while that was happening too. Like there was... There were a lot of good things that came of those things. And then there was a lot of creative decisions that were went the wrong way. That I think he, he clearly regretted as much as anyone else did. To me, I would like to see Bray Wyatt come back with some sort of revenge motivation. I think, personally, the what I would have him do is... Uh, my, my whole thing with Bray Wyatt is, if I were to book the angle for the first year of Bray Wyatt in WWE, my goal would be Bray Wyatt is trying to get his revenge on Triple H. Triple H is the man that he blames for a lot of the problems with with uh, everything that happens. Blames him for the for the NXT things. Blames him for you know whatever it happens to be. That would be the the thing I would do, and I would have him go after Triple H's favorite children. I would have him go after Gargano first, and then whatever we get out of Gargano. Then I would, the first big rivalry, I would have it be Champa, Because a rivalry between Wyatt and Champa would be fantastic. But yeah, you can sort of work through a group of people like that, work your way up. Hey, if if uh, Shawn Michaels wants a match... Stop saying we that. Can have, we can <laughs> Stop have it, Wyatt, We can have Bray Wyatt take out Shawn Michaels doesn't need a match you can just do that backstage stop it yeah, Kyle. Like, say, it could be a cinematic match and the thing <laughs> I is guess. i want to see more of that too with bray wyatt um but that's what i would say is i would say at his best bray wyatt was really really good at coming out battling with people as the fiend he was great at battling with people and changing them forever uh, twisting their characters in uh, different ways after they battled with them, after they, they battled with him. And that was a good use of him. For this, I feel like this needs to be Bray Wyatt is going out like he can't he can't get Mr. McMahon. So he's gonna go after the next best thing. Okay. Okay. I mean like that's, that. that's how I would do that. All right. All right. Uh, we're, next week when we get on the show and he's got six compadres with him or, or five compadres with him, I just I can't wait to hear that sigh. 
I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind him having a faction, but the faction has to be there to carry it. Like if it's and I'm gonna get the tag team titles. That's not what we need out of Bray Wyatt. No, I don't want him even thinking about gold. Uh, What I wouldn't mind seeing would be him targeting the bloodline, and that's War Games. Hmm. I feel like War Games is already set up for the bloodline. Uh, it's possible, and certainly, I like. I, I'm not disappointed, no matter what direction they're going. But it's, I'm just—it's an option. Don't forget that Roman Reigns took that title off the Fiend to to, to start this. This. Oh, oh, I would be clear, but my thing is, I feel like if if it were me, I would have Bray Wyatt take a title off of Roman and then just like throw throw it away. Not interested vacates the championship that's not what he's here for titles don't mean anything to me i'm here for revenge that's the thing about him and i think that hurts the title so i feel like the best way to do it is just to have him not chase titles oh i didn't mean him take the title i just meant the, the them go over the bloodline in war games and uh that somebody finally gets a pin on roman but I feel Reigns. Like that has to build to roman i mean we could it could yeah for me, I think that Saudi Arabia is going to be the match Roman wrestles. I think what we're going to get in War Games is we're going to get Sami Zayn, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa. Okay, okay. As that that's my regardless. Uh, let's move on to the rundown, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Actually, before the rundown, we do have that other segment we have to uh, go through, Kyle. It is time for Dinner Before Dynamite. <laughs> Kyle, what'd you eat? Uh, I had a pizza from Za Pizza Bistro. Okay. All right. What's on this pizza? Uh, a, uh, let's see here. There was there's pepperoni. There was bacon. Uh, I believe sausage, pep, roasted red pepper, and onion. Uh, and I also had uh, an ice cream sundae that I made. Uh, the Briars has released these. Speaking of uh, Dynamite being in Toronto, Bryce has released these Canadian uh, dessert ice creams. So I had a couple scoops of uh, maple sugar pie and a couple scoops of Nanaimo Byer ice cream, and I covered it with chocolate sauce and whipping cream. God damn. I, I just had fucking Alfredo shells. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing special about my dinner. Oh. <laughs> uh, there you go. But with that so being with, <laughs> with that being said, Kyle, it's time for the Wednesday night rundown. So we opened with Renee Paquette. She is now officially all elite. She brought out Christian for an interview. That led us to the first match. Luchasaurus defeated Jungle Boy in the opening match. A very good match that we'll talk about later. We had some promo shenanigans between Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, and Private Party and Matt Hardy. And Jose the Assistant, who has sold Private Party to the firm. Uh, that more of that will be resolved on Rampage. We might talk about it next week. 
Warjo defeated the Factory in a match that barely counted as a match. And after the fact, we had some uh, Prince Nana shenanigans and FTR and came out and so did Sean Spears. That will be resolved on Rampage as well. Swerve Strickland defeated Billy Gunn in a match. And in a segment after the match, Mark Sterling has announced that scissoring is now banned. That he has gotten the, the rights to do it. And that the claim can no longer do scissoring. Crowd was not having this. Yeah, Canada was not happy about the fact that we didn't get a big old scissor. MJF did an interview. We then got an interview between John Moxley and uh, interrupted by Hangman Adam Page. Chris Jericho, the Lionheart Chris Jericho, defeated Brian Danielson to retain his ROH World title in a match that involved some shenanigans that we will talk about later. Nyla Rose cut an interview backstage. She will have a match on Rampage against Anna Jay. Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm defeated Team DMD with Shida pinning Britt Baker. Butcher and the Blade cut a promo. And then in the main event, Orange Cassidy defeated Pac to win the All-Atlantic Championship. His first title in AEW. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearkingmusic on TikTok. Spearking. Music, media, and production. Rylan, I had a bunch of honorable mentions, but uh, I'll let you go first. Okay, so for my honorable mentions for this week, Billy Gunn versus Swerve. I thought, like, Canada, Toronto... He did not disappoint. We'll talk about that later. But like this, this match had no right to be as hot as it was. And it was hot the entire time. This was a great match, I thought, between a guy who's almost 60 years old. That man is almost 60 years old. And he looks fantastic. Uh, I thought it was a really great. I thought it made Swerve look great. Um and uh, yeah, I really like that. Uh, on the way to the ring, though, the acclaimed did a rap. Uh, they, they threw some shade at our prime minister. Well deserved, well deserved, but uh, shade nonetheless. Um, FTR coming out got a huge pop. I love to see them get huge pops, and Canada loves FTR uh, to the point where um, Dax Hardwood was almost kind of speechless for a moment uh, before he could cut his promo. He kind of just let that crowd chant, and it was great. Um, Sean Spears returning, I thought was fantastic. Uh, again, another huge pop for a guy who 
I feel like hasn't had a huge pop since he worked for the WWE, really. Um, and, uh, and of course, Renee. Renee Paquette, she's all elite. She was all over this show, and it was great to see. I had among my honorable mentions, uh, as you mentioned, Sean Spears, the acclaimed rap. Those those things were on mine as well. Um, Nyla Rose's promo, I thought, was pretty great. It's good to see her with a mic again, getting the opportunity. She stole the TBS championship, which is a weird storyline that's going to pay off with Jade Cargill just destroying her. But I feel like it's going to be fun in the interim. Um, Jericho and Danielson just missed my top five. That was a fantastic match. We got to see Samoa Joe choking out some fools. Always good to see. Uh, we got to see the, a promo from the Butcher and the Blade, which uh, they're apparently over in Canada as well. Maybe it's just the bunny, but who knows? And I feel like this is the best use of Smart Mark Sterling that we've seen in quite a while. Um, getting scissoring banned and is going to get when they finally are able to do it again, that crowd is going to explode. Yeah. I won't disagree with you on that. And we're going to move on to our top fives. Um, Rylan, why don't you go first? Uh, my number five. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that MJF had cut a promo backstage. He was quickly interrupted by uh, Stokely Hathaway and did not take kindly to this. This is the second week in a row. Uh, he hasn't taken kindly to the firm's uh, affirmative action. Um, and he, he, he's teasing this baby face thing. Well, don't get me wrong. He, he takes the heel stuff right back as soon as he starts talking directly to the crowd and the people again. But I like this. I like that they're kind of dipping their toe in this to see what kind of a reaction he can get to see if this is what it's going to be. Because like, as much as I'm sure this guy wants nothing to do with being a baby face, he really could be a top baby face in this company. And I like the fact that they're, they're toying with it. I, I don't think, I do think that it's going to lead to a, a swerve because I feel like it's awful early for the, uh, the firm and MJF to be on the wrong foot, um, off to the wrong, off on the wrong foot rather. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting to see. That was my number five. One thing I will say is that if MJF does win the championship, we we found out what every person member of the firm wanted except for W. Morrissey. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Could be a good first uh, rivalry, but we'll see. My number five, Renee Paquette is all elite. I have been a fan of Renee since her score days uh, back in the early 2010s. I've been watching her on my television set for a decade now. Uh, and have missed her for the last little bit. I'm glad to see her back. I'm glad to see her interviewing people again. She's really good at that job. Um, she is good at a number of things in in the wrestling business, and I very much look forward to seeing whatever she wants to do. Hopefully she gets the opportunity to do it. There has been a lot of jokes kicking around that Tony Khan has assembled the entire WWE backstage team, and he has. 
which is hilarious. But I feel like there was a fair amount of camaraderie between a lot of those people, and Renee was one of those people that it's hard to find people who don't have a nice thing to say about her. So it's true. I even CM Punk, and he says bad things about everybody. Yeah. And so we will see. I'm very excited to see what she wants to do. If we get a new version of like an after show for AEW, because I feel like it's missing that a little bit. Well, certainly uh, there was a there was a prominent member of the Warner Brothers this week that did uh, go on the record to say that they're very happy with AEW and they're working on working with AEW to create some shoulder programming, non in ring programming uh, related to AEW. So certainly with Renee Paquette there. That that's a door wide open. Yeah, she would be perfect for something like that, and just have, being able to have the wrestlers on and do interviews and cut promos and do all of those different things. I feel like that's and in a more freeing environment. I feel like that would be a good thing. They also they employ RJ City as well. They've had him do a bunch of different things. Um, he would be a great person for a segment on that show too. You know, like he would be a great a co-host of- too. Uh, yes. let, like, let's not shy away from the fact that I feel like he could do more than just a segment. He he certainly could be a no, great I co-host. Agree. I agree one hundred percent. I feel like my my point is there's a lot of really talented people working for that company um, with a lot of very good mic skills. Make good use of it. That was my number five. Rylan, our number four is the same. Yes, they are. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus opening match on the card. Match. It was. It was really, really good. Uh, I, I I loved Christian on commentary. Um, the, specifically, like uh, Jungle Boy doing this, the uh, the what was it? The sunset flip out to the outside, putting Luchasaurus through the table, and Christian jumping, going, he should be disqualified for that after wanting yeah. Luchasaurus to put him through the table the entire time. Uh, um, that was great. Same thing was Luchasaurus put him back first into the, the ring post, and later Jungle Boy uh, rotted him into the ring post, and Christian said, legal maneuvers using the ring post to his advantage. I don't like it. Uh, Christian was great on, on this, uh, as always. And with these two are clearly not done. This is match one of, I think we're going to get a few of these two uh, getting matches together. But they've got such good chemistry. I'm excited to see more. Certainly. Luchasaurus obviously getting the win in this one um, off of a distraction. He just, like, he ragdolls Jungle Boy around with some of those. The one thing I feel like we didn't get was we didn't get a really good Luchasaurus kick in this particular match. But everything else was was there, and it was fantastic between the two of them. I can't wait to see more of these guys go, and yeah, give me more. Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Our number threes were also the same. <laughs> I mean, not much to say, but John Moxley and Hangman Page cut an amazing promo. Yeah. Moxley came out, cut a very Moxley-style promo, talking about, you know, his need to win the championship and his need to be the champion and how he, you know how he's he's given everything to this sport and before he says anything about Hangman Page, Hangman Page comes out and this might be the best Hangman Page promo. <sighs> I it, it, I think I, you might be right. I, I think you might it's be right. The best one I've seen on TV. The best one I've ever seen him do was on Being the Elite. I feel like this one was right in, in that tier. Okay. The, like, yeah, it made it made 
man How gave himself a su- this man gave himself a black eye to prove his point that he is yeah. a man. I mean, Hangman Page is such an interesting character because he is because um, Moxley is you know very much the I don't say this. He's like a character at a street fighter, you know. Like you just expect him to go out there and go out and and grind out a brawl with somebody just because you know what it's Tuesday and that's what we do on Tuesday. <laughs> Hangman Page is such an interesting take on it's a it's a modern character. He's talking about you know the fact that you know. He gets yeah. He has anxiety. He has depression. He's dealing with all of these different emotions and things, and he's frustrated about you know, his uh, his life and his situation, his predicament. He's trying to make the best of of his situation. Like he's such a relatable character. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. And it's it's really great to see. And yeah, I I was very happy to see the back and forth between these two. I can't wait for the match next week. I think it's going to be really good, and I think it could go either way. Certainly, I, I well, uh, I mean, it could, it could. But I don't know, man. I feel like Boxley's going to hold on to this title a little bit longer. I feel like the money is in in um, is in MJF beating him. Might be. You might be right, but I feel like I will say this. I think. MJF beating Hangman Page would hurt more. True, true, but I just I think it. I, I feel like Hangman Page can't afford a loss like that. That's fair, but you know, I, again, I, I feel like I don't mind Hangman Page getting the title back and then losing it again, and then having to you know rally back again from from somewhere else. I feel like he could chase something else too, but uh, we will we will see as as things go. Regardless, the the build up to this match was excellent. Certainly. Rylan, my number two was your number one, so let's talk about your number two. Uh, Jericho versus Danielson. Uh, We got White Zombie, uh, Lionheart Chris Jericho back in in his uh, Canadian, or sorry, for for the Canadian folks in his old tights. I was surprised that the fans forgave Jericho for, for not giving them Judas. You know what? They were ready. They they started singing it during the match. Like they they didn't let it go. Like they they just started going without the song. I, I will also say, um, it was fun. I know. So WWE is trying to be in on the joke when it talks about, ooh, Canada is a backwards land where they cheer heels and boo faces and like. I've said forever, that's ridiculous. It's because half of your heels are, are all Canadians. It's true. It's like, they're not going to boo Sami Zayn in Montreal. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's not happening. And it's also, Sami Zayn's a god right now. So, like, he's in god mode. He's, yeah. he's part of that god mode group. But it's like, it's the same thing. Kevin, o- nobody's yeah. booing Kevin Owens in no. Toronto. Come no. on. No one's booing Chris Jericho anywhere in Canada. No. Um, and, and on top of that, like, like there was more than just the match, like their backstage promo, too, where you had Cool Hand Ange and uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, Magic Man? Dad, Daddy Magic. Uh, yes. Mar- Matt Menard cutting these promos. And when Chris Jericho starts talking and he talks about Garcia, he's like, you were like a son to them. And a little brother to me. And I'm like, you're in your 50s. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this math doesn't compute. But it was it was gold. It was all gold. Um, 
I love the match. I thought it was really good. I thought these guys, every time they have a match against each other, they get better, I think. Um, I would have loved to have seen it, like, go longer, but, like, I, I liked uh, the main event just a little bit more. Uh, also, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia turned yeah. on Daniel uh, or Brian Danielson at the end of this match, hit him with the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, and realigned himself with the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society. You do it better than I do. The pinnacle of sports entertainers. It's true. Um, it's true. It's. It was good to see. I feel like I feel like Daniel Garcia is going to get the opportunity to carve out his own path. Once all this is said and done, I think that's probably for the best. Also, the R- it's one thing for the ROH champion to be doing the kind of healer stuff. To use the pure championship to brain Brian Danielson, I'm surprised Rick Aboni didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... I thought it was great because, like, this guy on his way down to the ring was getting booed because they thought he was coming out to take out Jericho. And, man, did they ever pop huge for him braining Danielson. <laughs> like, holy fuck. That was like a that was a, that was a stone-cold glass shatter pop. Uh, oh, my God, it was great. Uh, again, the Canadian crowd and, and Canadians, that's just how it goes. Yes, but, we, we love know, our people. And the thing is, I'll say... Aside with this match being an anomaly, they shared the faces. Yeah, certainly the whole night, and some yeah. people got some huge pops. Now a lot of them were Canadian, but FTR got a huge pop. They're not Canadian. No, they're they're as far from Canadian as possible. The acclaimed got a huge pop. They're not Canadian. That's true. That's true. But everyone, listen, everyone, everyone likes to scissor. All right. Oh shit. I mean, everyone loves to. Well, we don't know yet, I guess. Oh, uh, so unfortunately, uh, we we may this may be the last episode of the podcast. Hopefully, Mark Sterling does not hear this. Otherwise, we may uh, end up getting tied up in some legal red tape. Um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, Rylan, you're number one, which is my number two. Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Uh, I thought it was magic. Like these guys, yeah, absolutely. Like they gave them 15 minutes, and they had a better match than I think they had last time. Yeah, like at Grand Slam. I, 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 I like Pox selling these DDTs. Uh, insane. Uh, just everything though in this match. I thought Orange Cassidy had a lot of fire. His his orange punches look great. Uh, that, that suicide dive to the outside where Pac caught him and then hit a falcon arrow on the outside. The crowd popped huge for that. Yeah. He dropped him hard, too. Bryce Remsburg was great in this match. Yes. Uh, I'm a big Bryce Remsburg fan. Um, also, this was, like, I mean, this was just, it was a lot of fun. And this was Orange Cassidy's ninth attempt at the championship in AEW. I'm glad to see him finally get cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was an amazing moment when he got that pinfall off the orange punch on, uh, of all moves. I thought it was it was a really awesome moment. You could tell it meant a lot to him. And then the crowd was like this was a standing room only crowd. So you never you never had that moment where everyone rose from their seats. But man, they went wild for it. Yeah. They had the orange confetti and everything else. 
hats for the title win. It was it was really great to see. I was I was glad to see Orange Cassidy pick up this victory. He totally deserved it. And yeah. Um credit to Pac for another amazing match cuz he is a, a, a incredible match machine. That brings me to my number 1. I feel like I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that standing room only crowd. Toronto getting its first opportunity, the first opportunity of anybody outside of the United States to host an AEW Dynamite, and Toronto rose to the occasion tonight. Yes, they did. I thought they were a fantastic crowd. The Oh Scissor Me Daddy, the song they did for uh, Billy Gunn. Oh, scissor me, daddy. Oh, Strickland's clearly got a kick out of that, too. Um, the women's match, that we, we we didn't really talk about it that much, but as it was building to a crescendo, they gave them the This Is Awesome chant. They clearly uh, appreciated the work rate that went into that particular match as well. They were hung all over. Um, they, you know, cheered the Canadians, and then... When the Canadians betrayed them, they uh, they went right back to as soon as as soon as uh, Christian brought up the Leafs, all of a sudden he was he was enemy number one again, and uh, they were right into Jungle Boy, they were right into Orange Cassidy, they were right into the acclaimed, uh, cheering on FTR got a massive pop as did Sean Spears. You know, it was a really it was a really well put together show for this crowd, and the crowd did its part. I feel like in wrestling, a, a a great crowd can make a good match great and a great match um, an all-time classic. And this show was a great crowd elevating the whole show to being a great, like a truly great show. 100% agree. What are you going to give this episode of Dynamite? I feel like I've been too generous recently, but man, this one gets a five. Like... I'm with you. That's two weeks in a row. We both gave the show a five. I can't can't take anything away from this. The promo work was excellent. All the matches were a lot of fun. Like we didn't even talk about Warjo versus the factory, which was a short match, but it was fun. Yeah. It was was everything it needed to be. Just two giant men tossing around the factory. Yeah. Uh, Everything, everything about this was great. We're building a lot of interesting stories. There's a lot of stories going on in the background too. Yeah, you know, and it's clear that the depth of this roster is being shown off in a great way. I would have loved to see Toronto get an opportunity to pop Miro as big as he deserves to be, uh, and of course, to to not have him here uh, on Rusev Day was disappointing. But you know, what? this is a great show. AEW is clearly building to some interesting stuff, and. We got a title match with Cincinnati's native son in Cincinnati next week. Can't be more excited. This is a five. Yeah, uh, a five for me as well. Actually, next week Dynamite's on Tuesday. Yes, we're it is. actually we, we are reigniting the Wednesday Night War on Tuesday nights. We are. Um, I don't know if any other is, is going to watch NXT. Do you think that uh, that NXT is is gonna is gonna t- hit get hit number wise? Probably, but I think they're going to counter program pretty hard. I imagine they're good. there's going to be a title match on on NXT or something big there. Shawn Michaels versus Braun Breaker. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Take my money. Give the people what they want. 
Um, okay. Rylan, why don't you talk about tell the people where they can find us on the social medias? Well, before that, I do want to say that next week you will get the very first edition of uh, me and Kyle's new miniseries, Drive to Rewind, where Kyle and I run down season one and two of uh, Drive to Survive on Netflix. The Formula One, what, what would you call it? Like docu season companion? Yeah, sure. Yeah, docu series. Well, it's, it's a it's a season in review because they post them after the year is is over. Right, but. Is an exciting show. It's a lot of fun to watch. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's looking for uh, something entertaining, sportsy, a bunch of different colorful characters from a number of different countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Kyle and I talked season one and two of that show on the first episode of Drive to Rewind, and that will drop next Monday. Hopefully this is out before Monday, so that I don't sound ridiculous. Um, but with all that being said, if you want to find us on social media, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at WN Wallop. On Instagram, it's WN Wallop. On Facebook, it's Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. And that's us. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle, tell them where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LeregendaryKJ, L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Um, yeah, this is another entertaining show, and it was exciting to do another uh, show with you. So, um... To everybody who has listened all the way to the end, we appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped, eh? Good night, eh? You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter, at RylanWallop, and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.